0: This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. Hello there, I'm Stephen Scott, blind tech user and host of Double Tap Canada on AMI-audio. Does the prospect of exciting new assistive tech keep you up at night? Oh good, it's not just me then. Double Tap Canada might just be the show for you. Check us out on whatever podcasting platform
1: you prefer. You're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast with Chef Mary Mammoliti. My wife, who at the time was my girlfriend, for one of my birthdays, she taught me an easel, and it was something that once I started doing it, I just couldn't stop, I became obsessed with it. So even if I didn't actually have something to work on, I was trying and doing different things. I have worked on cookbooks, and I find those are actually kind of tricky. You gotta have the good food shop The typesetting or anything like that is completely irrelevant. You have to have the visual. You know, that whole thing people eat with their eyes, which I find funny, it's like, I don't eat with my eyes. I don't even cook with my eyes. I made something for my wife on the weekend. I said, I know it looks really, really off, but trust me, it tastes great.
0: That's Aldo Fierro. He's a graphic designer who is passionate about finding connections between different viewpoints. Aldo finds this a source of inspiration for original and innovative designs. What you don't know is Aldo and I went to school together, but neither of us at the time knew that we would both be diagnosed with rare eye conditions later in life. Today, I want you to hear about Aldo and his incredible story and career. Aldo, thanks for taking the time to chat with me and welcome my friend and fellow foodie to the show.
1: Hi, Mary. Great to be here. Uh, Nice to reconnect and uh, go Tigers.
0: (laughs) So I want to kind of just jump right in. Your career of choice was graphic design. Yes. Why did you choose graphic design as a profession for you?
1: Um, About 20 years ago, I was now dated myself. But um, (laughs) I mean, it was one of those things where uh, my wife, who at the time was my girlfriend, I was always like, oh, I could draw, I could do this. And uh, for one of my birthdays, she got me an easel and it was literally, you know, put up or shut up. And, you know, the next thing I knew, I was, you know, painting and drawing and sketching and said well you know what maybe I should do something about this and went back to school for graphic design and just fell uh, head over heels over it and uh, it was something that uh, you know once I started doing it I just couldn't start became obsessed with it so even if I didn't actually have something to work on I was trying and doing different things um, and reading about it and learning about it so it became a quick passion for me to jump in. When did you learn you had an eye condition? Uh, my my condition crept up. I'd say about eight years ago. Now it's uh, mitochondrial, and it's it's known as uh, LHON or Lieber's uh, hereditary optic neuropathy. Started off slowly, and then uh, within a year it came in uh, full force. And it seems to have stabilized in that post year pattern.
0: What's one of the biggest challenges you you have right now? And how have you had to adjust to accommodate your vision loss for for your profession?
1: It's like a series of dead pixels. So they'll be kind of burnt out. So pieces of the actual image are missing and the rest is slightly blurred. Uh, If I get in close enough, though, uh, I'm able to make out things clearly and uh, able to see a little better. I'm a Mac user. I love the Mac. And I think the Mac uh, has a lot of built-in features um, that you don't use. I use a PC as well, but I find the the accessible uh, technology on the PC is not as fluid as it is on the Mac, especially for design work. Um, so for me, I mean, I use a fairly large screen. I've got a 30-inch monitor. And, uh, you know, the first thing I had to do was figure out how I was going to be able to use it so once i figured out how to use zoom and uh, voiceover um, you know it made it more manageable and for me a lot of you know my learning over my life is has been visual you know if i'm trying to think of a color and you know i'm looking at a color and i'm not quite sure where the color picker is i know in my head that if i want a dark orange i know the color code to enter to get orange or the color code to get a green because i had that background that experience you know it gave me a little bit of a leg up
0: so i like to start off with a game of this or that you ready
1: Okay, I'm ready. The choice is yours. You can get with this or you can get with
0: that. Now I know you're competitive, so this is gonna be good. <laughs> Dog or cat? Cat. Netflix or YouTube? Netflix. Phone call or text? Phone call. Life of the party or mingle and blend in?
1: Uh life of the party.
0: Yeah, I knew you were gonna go that way. <laughs> new clothes or new phone?
1: Uh n- that's a Ooh, tough that's one for toughy. me. I, I have I have a shoe addiction, Um <laughs> I, I'm going to go with new clothes.
0: Football or basketball? Oh, football. Morning or evening person? Morning. Do you prefer pancakes or waffles? Uh, I'm pancakes. Pizza or pasta? Pizza, definitely.
1: Really, my over- pasted me out my whole life, so <laughs> <I need> pizza. <laughs> Yeah, okay. pasta every day. It's just like <laughs> I don't want pasta anymore. <laughs>
0: all right, so comedy or horror? Comedy. Burger or hot dog? Burger. Dine in or delivery? Dine in. All right, what's worse? Laundry or dishes?
1: Uh dishes. No. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, that, I love folding. There's all
0: that folding.
1: Really? Oh, You're that's like the my best husband. Part. Oh, I have like this whole thing with spatial. Like if uh, putting stuff in the fridge and freezer, I can organize it in a certain way, stacking shelves, folding laundry. I was once in, uh, in a gap and I was putting a shirt back that I had taken. And she asked me if I worked in the gap because I folded it so tight. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, no, my mother taught me. Sorry.
0: 2020 has thrown us so many curveballs in life, in business. So when it comes to your business, what's the biggest surprise? you've had in the last few months and why?
1: Well, I think I deal with a lot of small uh, independent businesses and publishers and things like that. I think a lot of people have been hit hard during that. Um, So, you know, also the idea of everybody working from home kind of frees up, you know, people to work longer hours, work off hours, and people aren't sort of producing the same amount of work in the sense of so lists have shut down in sort of the publishing industry you're not putting out as much or you're not hiring as many outside sources to do the work anymore so i think that's one of the keys that i found you kind of have to be a bit more creative in how you are getting business seeking business and the kind of projects you're working on Um, i think covid you know has impacted everybody not just from a health or business standpoint it's like a mental uh the mental health aspect of it is extraordinary. You know, you know, you kids who are in school, people who are in business taking transit, not taking transit. Um so I think the way it's impacted how you are able to survive as a small business um and, you know, reach out to customers and that's the key.
0: Speaking of small businesses, you have a business of your own.
1: I do. I run my own design agency, so I do everything from social media campaigns to book covers, book interior design, layouts. It ranges from anything in the design world, whether it be books, brochures, ads, or uh, campaigns, anything that uh, you can think of, uh, I try to work it.
0: Okay, I'm actually writing this all down because when I do my first cookbook, I'm calling you.
1: (laughs) I I have worked on cookbooks, so there you go. Oh,
0: this was meant to be.
1: That's kind of tricky, though, right? Because you know everything about cookbooks and food is you got to have the good food shot. What the typesetting or anything like that is completely irrelevant. You know, which is kind of funny because you have to have the visual, right? You know, people want it. To, exactly. You know, that whole thing is people eat with their eyes, which I find funny because like because <laughs> yeah, we I don't, don't eat with my. Eyes. <laughs> you know, I don't even cook with my eyes. I made something for my wife on the weekend. I said, "I know it looks really, really off, but trust me, it tastes great." <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, I like, I, I don't get too fancy with my dishes when I take my, my photos of them. I just keep them clean, mm-hmm. um, nice, clean lines. But then that's just because, honestly, it's about the food. It's about the taste. But you want to get someone to, yeah. to kind of get their attention. Uh, but for us, it's all about taste and description.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: How did you get started in the kitchen
1: cooking? My mother wanted a girl and she got stuck with two boys. And, <laughs> you know, my brother was six years older than me so when you know I was uh pre-teens and then in my teens I I was a bit of a handful and so uh, I was a pretty wild child and so when I'd get home late or if I was causing trouble my punishment was always helping make you know the Sunday meal or uh, the pasta the night before so you know I'd get home and I'd be up till midnight with my mother making gnocchi or pasta from scratch and um or pizzas from scratch and You know, that's how it started for me. It was like a punishment. And then it it grew into something that I love to do. And I took so much away from that, simply even the way my mother does her cooking. Like I never, ever saw my mother with a measuring cup, never saw my mother with a recipe. And I'm sort of the same way. Everything is sort of by feel, by touch, by eye. And is this going to work or is it not going to work? What do I need to add? What do I need to do? And then as I got older, I was the guy bringing like... Four different Tupperware containers to work and piecing together like a four course meal as opposed to, you know, uh, a, a sandwich or or something simple.
0: Is it fair to say that maybe the gnocchi is a dish you'll never forget?
1: Yeah, I mean, gnocchi and I always tease my kids about uh, pizza making because gnocchi is one of my favorite pastas. But pizza making was the most brutal painful because my mother was under the assumption that mozzarella grated better when it was frozen. So I don't know if she was just trying to teach me a lesson (laughs) not to cause trouble because she always made me grate the mozzarella while it was frozen in my hand and I would be in so much pain by the end of it. Oh
0: my gosh that's hilarious. You know years later I
1: realized it was all a lie.
0: I'm Mary Mammalini and you're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast. Today I'm talking with Aldo Fierro, a fellow foodie and graphic designer. If you had to describe your cooking style, what word would you use to describe
1: that? Off the cuff. It's, you know, it's, uh, I, I go in without an idea, without a recipe. I pull out several things and I'm like, okay, let's make this work. And, you know, sometimes, I, you know, I, I will say I do have standards that I like, or, uh, you know, I will follow a recipe if it's something I want to do specifically but I mean most of the time it's like well let's see what I've got and oh I think this and this is going to work well together this is going to pair well with one another and um, yeah this seems really weird but let's give it a try you know and and I think that's also part of the my creative side where I'm like well why can't this work with this come on yeah you yeah. know you know who, who says fish can't be eaten with cheese and I mean <laughs> but But the beauty of that is I'm vegetarian, so it's not really fish. It's full fish, right? So it's like, my wife's like, oh, you can't pair fish with cheese. I was like, yeah, but it's not fish, so I (laughs) can't.
0: If you had to think back, what recipe um, took you the longest to perfect?
1: I'd say anything baking-related, so loaves, because simply because, I mean, I had no problem cooking something savory or anything, but the idea of baking uh, just seemed like such a complicated thing like uh, I was not a measurer I was not a recipe person so the idea that it had to be a science or you know something that had to be followed specifically Precise. in order for it to work out yeah it, it to me it just was like oh, that's no way and so at one point I was just like I'm gonna dive right in and so it was one of those things where I was like oh I could do this but it took a lot of time whether it be cookies or loaves um, and then once I got the hang of it it was pretty much like forgetting the recipe and experimenting and then going from there so it's almost like that piano piece where you learn to play it so you can forget it and then play it the way you want to play it
0: tell me about your kitchen the layout the design what do you love most about it what do you dislike about it what would you change up
1: um it's not a lot of counter space and there's all all kinds of things on the counter that uh you know if you free it up um it you know it it would uh, be more effective and, uh, you know, especially for my kind of cooking where it's 10,000 things on the counter at once and, you know, trying to figure out where everything is. What I do like about it is I'm right in there and I'm right up against it and I've got everything I need. So it's almost the same thing. It's the fact that I treat my kitchen and a counter as if it is uh, like a big plate. <laughs> 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 Which is not the best thing, but you know, it's like I, I've got everything going. You know, whether it's um, rolling out a pizza dough or something like that. And my major problem with that is I'm I'm sort of like a, a tornado in there. Once I get going, I can't stop. My mind is working so fast, and I'm doing too many things at once. And it's my wife's biggest nightmare because there's stuff everywhere. You know, this it's I've got things on the ceiling, and I don't even know how it got in the ceiling, but. <laughs> Um you know the cleanup process is always like I will I, <gasps> clean it up when I'm done. I'm not done yet. There's no point in starting now. This the train's moving. We're just gotta you gotta stay with the train until we get to that destination. Then then we'll clean it's it up.
0: Full speed ahead, no rolling stop. <laughs> yes, yes. Are you into any kitchen hacks? Like are there any little kitchen tricks or hacks that you use?
1: I'm I love parchment paper. I parchment everything. My mother does this uh this cauliflower dish and You know, on Sundays when we'd go, the nightmare of cleaning that dish with the uh, egg-coated cauliflower after it's been in the oven was just brutal. And then she just, my mother just swears by the parchment paper now. For me, it's like parchment is a godsend.
0: We need to get you a parchment paper ad is what we need to do. I'm Aldo Fiore, and I endorse this message. (laughs) What's something you would never use in the kitchen?
1: Meat or fish. (laughs) You know, I'm vegetarian, so that's something that we never see in our kitchen.
0: Well, now you got my curiosity, Pete. This is this is literally, I'm just curious. When you said faux fish, what do you use as a substitute for fish?
1: There's a couple of brands out there. The gardine brand, they do uh, almost like a, a fillet, and they do a crab cake, and you know, it's very similar in texture and taste. It doesn't, obviously, it's not, but. Mm-hmm. Um, you know there's also a place in Kingston Market, and uh, they have all kinds of faux meat and fish products, but they even have like a faux bacon when I was a kid. I had a pack of bacon every Sunday, as unhealthy as that is. <laughs> I had a bacon <laughs> obsession, and so when I became vegetarian, finding a bacon alternative was like a godsend to me, and so you know finding this, it was just like I remember serving it once to my father-in-law and he was he's a hardcore meat eater he likes his vegetarian food as well but he enjoyed it as well and you know i think uh i think that's the thing yeah you know. i
0: think my favorite one that i've tried the base was actually carrot it was dehydrated carrot with a whole bunch of spices and smoked and it it was so good but the place in kensington market is it yam chops
1: no yam chops is on college and yes, they do a carrot it. based i think it's carrot coconut based item that is a is a bacon substitute, but the place in Kenton Market is King's Cafe, and so that's been there forever. Yes,
0: uh, I know they it. They
1: turned it more into a restaurant, but in the back of it, they have a, a frozen food section and a dried food section. Mm-hmm. You know, they have all kinds. They have a, a faux salmon and, and tuna, and they're like the steaks, and we can cut off individual steaks, and some of the stuff is like, you know, I don't recommend the shrimp, Cause it just tastes like rubber okay. <laughs> uh, but the crab cake the crab cakes are great they you know the the bacon and you know there's it's a hit and miss so i think you know you, you gotta try uh, which ones work for you
0: are you up for another game
1: i am let's do this
0: okay we're gonna play rapid fire you've got five minutes to move into a new kitchen and you can only take one item with you what would it be and why
1: uh, my coffee maker, my coffee maker, my coffee filter. Coffee is the only thing that I pretty much have every day. And it's, you know, my mother started giving it to us when we were four. And I, I need it. As you can guess from my, my personality, I, I, I like my coffee.
0: We were four, we had it in our bottle. Um, describe your culinary style in two words.
1: A uh, rapid fire.
0: Love it. Curse words you use in the kitchen.
1: I used to use the F word. I F-bombed like nobody's business. <laughs> I swore like crazy. And when my wife was pregnant, she was like, you, you, can't, you can't talk like that in front of the children. And so my F-bomb became fudgical.
0: Oh, my gosh. I say that, too. <laughs> That's crazy. I have never heard anyone use fudgical. I thought it was the only one.
1: We could be special together.
0: If you could have a superpower, what would it be?
1: Oh, fly. Flying easily. Teleportation is also good, but I'm going to stick with flying. You know, the ability to get up and go anywhere and... You want to go to Spain for the day? Why not? <laughs> Especially right now during COVID, right? It's like I don't have to be walking or maneuvering around people on the sidewalk. I'll fly. i the air. <laughs> Ta-da.
0: Okay. What's your junk food kryptonite?
1: Walker's uh, licorice sweets. So it's kind of like a... It's not black licorice. It's almost like a tree called licorice and, uh, you know... They're supposed to be a suck item, but I just chew the daylights out of it, and I think I have like four days. It's a completely unhealthy habit, but my dentist probably loves it.
0: (laughs) If your fridge could talk, what would be the one word it would use to describe your food choices?
1: (laughs) Are you serious?
0: (laughs) Name five foods you always keep in your fridge at all times.
1: Okay, flat foods, cheese, bread, peanut butter, mayo, and eggs. So, peanut butter along with coffee is like a a daily staple. staple.
0: Last question Justin Timberlake brought sexy back. What would you bring back?
1: I'd bring Justin Timberlake back.
0: (laughs) He's still
1: here. He's just. We need more Justin Timberlake.
0: (laughs) I love to ask all my guests to share a kitchen confession with us. Do you have one?
1: I think one of the things that I tend to do most often is uh, whether it's speed or not paying attention. I I don't know how this has happened, but it's happened at least three or four times in the last couple of months alone where I've got rubber bands ending up in, in food. So I'm unwrapping something that's got a rubber band. The next thing I know, there's a pizza and it's not you know, uh, a slice of pepperoni or hot pepper and gets a rubber band in the pizza, <laughs> or you know, hey, why is there a rubber band in in the in the loaf? And it's like, don't eat that. <laughs> you know, it's it's gotten to the point where it's like, no, that's intentional. Yeah, it just cut around I heard it. If you put it in there, it keeps it. Yeah, it keeps it moist. You put a rubber band <laughs> in your food, it keeps it moist. So you you're supposed to pull it out when you when you get it. you it's know? like those little muffin tin stones that you put in in your muffins to keep them moist. in yeah, you put a rubber <laughs> band in your loaf. Don't take it out. Save it for the very end.
0: If the listeners want to reach out, they want to find you, talk to you, ask any questions, where can they find you?
1: I have a very small social media presence at this point. I kind of listen sometimes like I'm in the witness protection program. But um, <laughs> yeah, LinkedIn, all the Fierro, and you can uh, just find me there. You know, Google me and I do come up. So surprisingly.
0: All right, Excellent. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. This has been a lot of fun. It's been a blast.
1: Well, it's nice to be on and to catch up and it's been a lot of fun. It's
0: that time we've reached the end of another show. Did we get your stomach growling? Head over to kitchenconfession.com for more recipes and foodie finds. Plus, you can check out ami.ca forward slash kitchen confession for all the latest on the podcast. Be sure to leave a rating and review so we can keep bringing you more episodes you'll love. Our producer and editor is Matt Agnew, and I'm your host, Mary Mammolini. Thanks for listening.
1: This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca.